Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. I'm your host, Ben Billups, and this week I'm joined once again by our director of courses and content, Victoria Grant. Um, Before we jump into the episode, once again, I just want to remind you guys that Basecamp 2021 registration is open. We'll be focusing on time tasks and relationships. We'll we'll have some great content for you guys to to consider and to learn how to become better in those areas of life because time tasks and relationships um, impact everything. Um, it impacts all areas of life. And that's the idea behind Basecamp is to equip you guys and to um, give you tools to enhance life skills so that you can become better um, all around. So if you're interested in that, please visit beunbound.us slash Basecamp. Um, it's open to all students right now. And um, registration closes in a few weeks. So I would recommend looking sooner than later. Um, also, I would like to uh, to mention once again that if you guys uh, know anyone who would be good for the program, um, who is a good fit for this community, um, somebody, maybe a friend, a family member who you believe belongs in this community, if you go to beunbound.us slash refer, you can generate a unique referral link and send that to your friend to, so that they can apply for our program. And when you do, and if they enroll, then uh, you actually will qualify for free registration to an event. You get free access to um, our Navigate course, um, both of which goes up to close to a $900 value that you get for free if somebody that you know enrolls. Um, and then also the person that you refer gets $250 off of um, their enrollment, which is the best deal that we offer. Um, so if you know somebody, definitely don't wait. Uh, applications are closing on December 18th. Uh, for the spring. So go ahead and check that out at beunbound.us slash refer. So something that uh, you guys may not know that's a part of the new Ascend program is there's the, there's this element that, uh, called teams. So Ascend students are put on a team and each team has a team leader, um, which is a, they're appropriately called the Ascend team leader or ATL for short. And Victoria is actually is is essentially a mentor for those team leaders. She walks them through um, concepts behind coaching and leadership to help them lead their teams effectively um, through different projects and challenges throughout the year that are all a part of the Ascend program. Um, and so I wanted to dig into that a little bit today, but you know, not just about the program, but also just to talk about leadership on the whole, because I think there's um, obviously Jonathan Brush, our CEO. He's passionate about leadership. He studied it for a long time. He has a lot of experience with it. Victoria has received um, training, particularly in coaching. She's obviously participated as a student leader and as a leader in different capacities throughout her life. She knows a lot. Um, and I just think that it would make for a really interesting podcast just to talk about um, what what is sort of a an effective philosophy for coaching and leadership. And so you'll be hearing a lot about the program while we do, but even if you're not in the program or you're an alumni, I hope that you get something out of it too. So Victoria, something that the kind of the main reference point for the leadership training for um, Ascend Team Leaders right now is a book by Jocko Willink called Extreme Ownership. So I think first, I'd just love to hear from you why uh, basically, what is extreme ownership? What's the concept? Um, and why is it the foundation for the Ascend Team Leader Training? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Ben. Um, extreme ownership is actually, as a concept, um, something that I wasn't introduced to until college. 
Um, but the principles behind it are something I grew up with um, in my family. So in a nutshell, extreme ownership is the concept of taking total responsibility for everything in life that is within your jurisdiction. It's not passing the buck. It's not making excuses. It's being willing to own everything you're responsible for, not only professionally, uh, but also personally as well. So making sure that you have that standard across the board. Um, and this is the foundation for our Ascend Team Leader training, because ultimately leaders who make a difference are leaders who, in the words of, of Jock Willink, right, get after mm -hmm. it, who are willing to consistently challenge themselves and their teams, um, who, like we said, don't pass the buck. They take the brunt when it hurts, um, hold themselves at least at, if not above the standard that you're asking of those around you. Um, those are the leaders who make a difference. And so uh, that's the that's the training that we seek to implement in Ascend. Yeah. And something too, for anybody who's not familiar with Jocko, um, I highly recommend his work. I'm a big fan of it. Extreme Ownership is one of my favorite leadership books by far. He also has a great podcast, which is, um, it's difficult to find. You have to search Jocko podcast in order to find Jocko's podcast. So um, that's something that uh, if you're curious and in that, sometimes he'll do Q and A's and things like that. And he'll expand on the concepts and uh, talk about more specific applications. Um, but in terms of leadership, I'm kind of a huge fan of this idea, um, which is essentially that the key to being a leader is taking responsibility. Um, and something that that's something that Jocko knows very well. He's a former Navy SEAL. Um, he used to develop Navy SEAL training, and now he's gone on to do, you know, business consulting. He's built um, like supplement merchandising stores. He's created his own publishing company. He does a lot of stuff. And so he knows a thing or two about leadership and, um, so I've just been a big fan of it, but I'd be curious to hear from you, Victoria, in particular, what are some of the key principles of extreme ownership and um, how have they impacted your life? Yeah, this is a great question. So um, I mentioned earlier, you know, some of these are things that I grew up with in terms of the lessons. Uh, my dad was a chief warrant officer. And so he lived out a lot of this um, and kind of set the example there. Um, a few big ones, at least for me, um, the concept of planning ahead, uh, just the overall concept to start with of extreme ownership, the taking responsibility. Um, as humans, we want excuses. Typically speaking, that's our default. Ownership is not. And sometimes it's really, really difficult, um, particularly as we move along into you know, greater professional positions. It's really difficult to accept and admit failure. Um, but when we can own, <laughs> own the failure, admit it first to ourselves and then to others, we then can grow. And we rob ourselves of that when we're too egotistical to admit that we don't have it together all of the time. Um, and, and I think across the board, you know, if you look at, at all of the leaders around us, um, there's just a cursory look to turns up dozens and maybe hundreds of leaders who um, have been, you know, in quote unquote magnified positions, maybe for lack of a better word. Uh, but when they stop growing, they stop learning, they stop checking the ego, which are all, you know, different principles in that, then they trip, they stumble. And, and because of that magnified position, those mistakes are also magnified. So I think a big principle kind of exemplified throughout the book is you can't ever think you've arrived. Um, so so that, those are some big ones. Uh, leading up and down the chain of command is another one that is discussed in this book where the people you lead don't just have the knowledge, but also the culture to be able to, to lead up the chain as well as down and share perspectives and insights that, you know, that, the leaders may not have. And so that's something that we really seek to implement in the teams as well, is that it's it's very open to, to lead up as well, because they see things that I will not see and they'll have perspectives I won't have. And I need that as well. Um, and, and then I guess at the end of the day, um, when, when there are successes, they're your teams, 
right? You pass them on. And when there are failures, the buck stops with you. You take responsibility for those. Um, and, and across the board, just don't ever stop growing. The day we think we've arrived as leaders is the day we start falling. So just owning that process for your life and then applying that to those that you lead as well uh, should make a powerful difference. Absolutely. And I think one of the, I think the reason why that's so hard is because when, you know, you have people working for you or they're under your management, you're trying to accomplish a common goal and mistakes are made or there's, you know, a big failure. um, It's easy to place blame because somebody specifically did that and it may not have been you. Right. But those people were under your management. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to say, well, you know, Brad screwed up. Right. And I think um, the but extreme ownership, it's like, well, they were under your management. So when you listen to Jocko, try, you know, start to apply the concept, it's like, well, did you communicate clearly what the mission was? Did they understand what it was and how to do it? Maybe they did exactly what you told them to do. And that's why it failed. That's your fault. And so I think that concept is such a, it's such a healthy perspective of leadership in that, you know, maybe it wasn't always you specifically that caused the problem, but just taking responsibility for everything that's happening um, as a leader is it creates space for your team. Um, And in my experience, when I've worked for leaders who do operate that way, um, it creates a really healthy team dynamic. If, if the guy at the stop at the top starts pointing fingers you know, everybody starts pointing fingers and that becomes incredibly counterproductive. Um, so there's just a myriad of applications um, for that idea. And, um, but anyway, just even in my personal experience, I've had managers who um, who would place blame. I've had managers who would take responsibility. It makes a big, big difference. Um, and I think it's interesting when you work for somebody like that and then you're in that position and you realize how difficult it is um, to actually do that. So, um but I'm also curious about this because obviously in the Ascend program, in the Unbound community, um, there's there's a lot of believers. There's a lot of people who um, are Christians. And in the Ascend mm-hmm. program, there's a lot of ideas and concepts that come from the Christian faith that are a part of living a Christian life. And so, you know, here's this, you know, incredibly competent military Navy SEAL guy um, who is both politically and uh, religiously ambiguous on purpose, likely for his public image. Um, but how do you view principles and ideas from extreme ownership? How do you think that that informs a Christian perspective of leadership? Yeah, that's a good question, Ben. I think as a Christian, um, uh, just off the cuff, I'd refer you know back to passages like First Timothy 4 or 1 Peter 5, um, there, there are passages that speak to this idea of ownership um, personally and then also leading that out. Um, obviously, in these passages, it's, it's in the context of ministry and church leaders, but that those same principles apply over to other professionals or professional positions as well. Um, so I know those for me have deeply impacted the way that I look at Christian leadership. Um, and speaking again from a Christian worldview, right, that <laughs> these principles of extreme ownership do line up with scriptural principles. And I would argue that's why they are so powerful mm-hmm. and why they're so effective. Um, I think one example that comes right to mind is, is that scripture is replete with examples of faithful and unfaithful stewardship. Um, and even when it comes to things, you know, like finances, the Bible talks about how those who are faithful in a little will be faithful in much. Those who aren't faithful in the small things won't be faithful in the big ones either. Um, and extreme ownership at its core starts with the idea, and we've, we've talked about this before, but of being extraordinary at ordinary things, right? And, and owning up to everything in your life, your health, your work, your time, your task, your relationships, um, and, and that's one reason that we dig into those so deeply at base camp, right? Because they're they're foundational things. 
Um, so to be the most effective leaders we can be as Christians, we have to be willing to take responsibility. That's um, that's what we see in scripture. That's what we see Moses encourage, you know, encouraging Joshua to do. That's what we see Paul encouraging Timothy to do. Um, so I think I think those principles do line up very well with scriptural principles. Um, and I, I think I think on both ways, both ways, you know, they can they can inform Christian leadership uh, or that perspective on leadership. And then conversely, you can turn around and see how scripture kind of informs those as well. Absolutely. I think it's interesting, too. I, we may have um, had some type of conversation about this um, trend on the podcast before, but I always think it's interesting how um, sometimes, you know, motivational speakers or people who know a lot about leadership um, will find principles um, from like a practical perspective, they're approaching it from like a, this is what works perspective. And what they end up with is something that's actually um, very close to what scripture teaches. So even when you're talking about leaders checking mm -hmm. their ego at the door, it's like, well, the Bible talks a lot about pride and it talks a lot about understanding kind of um, your place in relation to God and and not thinking too highly of yourself. It, in fact, it mm -hmm. says directly to think more highly of others. Um, than yourself. And, um, and then even just concepts of humility and everything, like all of those things benefiting leadership. Um, there's a lot of ways that that relates directly back to scripture, just like you were talking about. Um, and so I, I'm kind of curious. So we're, we're a couple months into our first you know, our first round of Ascend students, we've got our first class in, they've been doing their thing for a little while and you've been participating in the training. And so how have you seen these ideas impact our current Ascend team leaders? Yeah, man, I, I really respect our current leaders. Um, and, and I feel like I can brag on them a little bit. Um, this, this is, you know, the, this training um, is itself new, although it builds on the, you know, the leadership courses that we've taken um, it builds on a lot of what we've talked about in Unbound you know, over the over previous years, but the training program itself, you know, is new as of this semester. Um, so our leaders have just jumped in with both feet. They've been able to kind of own that process. They're owning their teams. Um, our, we, we meet once a month. Um, so they have um, materials that they work through and then we meet as a team and really flesh that out and dig into it um, to a much deeper level. So they've been, you know, challenging their own patterns and helping me challenge mine. Um, I've I've made it abundantly clear that you know we are a very small team and we're working very closely with each other. And um, and I expect them if they see areas where I'm, you know, not not living this out or or maybe you know not not living out a principle of extreme ownership, but they're to call me on it. Um, and so that that is kind of the the team environment as well. They're they're very willing to be open about their own growth with each other and applying these lessons to other areas of life outside of their teams. Um, and then one of my favorites too, is just as a team themselves, um, to come alongside one another and really uh, provide the encouragement and the accountability needed to then go out and support their own teams as individuals. So they come together, learn, support each other, and then go out and lead their teams uh, separately. So I could probably go on longer, but those are, those are some of the ways that I've seen this training and, and these concepts rather, um, impact our leaders. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I'm kind of looking forward just to see like to, to I mean, I'm finally going to meet a, a lot of our SEND students in person at base camp. You can too, if you go to beunbound.us slash base camp. So highly recommended, but I'm just, I'm excited to kind of to meet them and then just to see like, what's the difference between, you know, base camp and apex and, and how are, you know, how is, are, are they developing, you know, within the program? Cause I just remember, you know, being in unbound 
at their age, when I was in there, that was a time of tremendous growth for me. Um, even just something being, being on the student cabinet and, and all these different things, just, I, it's, it's an exciting time of growth. And I'm kind of excited that, that, um, we have the opportunity to have these guys in our program, guys and girls. Um, and so part of the SN program as well, of course, is the signature leadership courses taught by Dr. Jeff Myers, which are consistently among the favorite courses, um, offered. And, um, there's, you know, obviously there's Jeff does an incredible job teaching these courses. Um, students do projects, they have teams, they, um, they go and see Jeff at the capstone event and get a little bit of in-person mentorship. They practice a little bit of coaching. Um, and so I guess I'm kind of curious too. It's like, so we've got these three leadership courses and then we've got the Ascend team leader position within the program with the Ascend team leader training. So how do those, how do those, ideas build on each other? How do they compare and contrast? So if I'm in the, if I'm just in Ascend and I'm uh, taking the leadership courses versus if I'm a Ascend team leader, kind of what's the, where are the differences and the similarities? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually went through all of the, the signature leadership courses, so just call them the SLCs uh, myself. So I have that background as well. And the SLCs build a very solid foundation leadership um, and then particularly the, the third course, the leadership learning and execution, um, that one provides in particular um, a solid introduction to coaching and mentoring, as well as obviously continuing um, in the leadership foundation as well. So with that background, the, um, the ATL training has intentionally been designed to basically build on what students have already learned in the leadership courses. So it assumes that body of knowledge and then picks up from there to continue going. So great, you have a foundation in coaching. That's awesome. Let's dig deeper into that. So, you know, in our coaching training, we actually work through each of the key skills um, necessary for a coach to be recognized by the International Coaching Federation. Wow. Um, great. You know, now, now that you've worked through these courses, you have a foundation in leadership. Awesome. Let's take that and raise it by 20. It's time for you to totally own your leadership journey. You know, you've gone through L3. What's it going to take to take it to the next level? Um See, the thing is, Ascend as a whole and, and the Unbound culture as a whole is really built on the principle that you get out of this, mm-hmm. <laughs> as with life, what you bring to it. Um, and if you're not willing to bring a lot to the table, you're not going to take a lot away. Um, so our students are expected to bring their best. And because of that, our leaders also expect the best of themselves. And we as staff also expect our best from ourselves as well. Um, all of our leaders, in order to get a lot of the coaching and training, um, coaching and leadership training, have to take full ownership of that responsibility. And they absolutely have. That's awesome. And so I think to just to uh, actually talk a little bit more personally, and you don't have to name names, but obviously you've worked a few different jobs and uh, positions. And so I'm just kind of curious in your personal experience and kind of, uh, you know, what you've experienced so far, what, like, what would you say were kind of the traits and the attributes of maybe what you would consider not a great leader? and uh and an exceptional leader and sort of what is that what have those experiences taught you because i think this is something that michael hyatt actually hits on often as he kind of talks about sort of good bosses and bad bosses and it's just interesting to compare the two um so i'm curious if you have anything to share there yeah that's a good question ben um yes i have i have worked under um extremely poor managers as well as under um, under some very solid ones. And in terms of traits that have made less than high quality leaders, um, 
I, I would say a big one has been passing the buck. Mm. I've seen that a lot. Um, managers who, you know, if something goes wrong, turn it right over and blame. Oh, well, you know, you, you mess this up and, and, and blaming that person to their superiors as well, mm. uh, which is typically the environment which happens, right? Like, Oh, well, I need to look good. And so I'm going to pass it off to somebody mm. else. Um, building an environment of, of criticism is another big one. Um, cultures of criticism typically don't, don't do well. Um, and that makes a really unhealthy working environment as well. That typically comes top down. So very, very critical uh, managers, managers who you know haven't really, um, really owned that. And I, and I guess maybe the final thing, and we've talked about this, I think, in previous um, you know podcasts and stuff too, is you, you can't fake caring for people. And managers who don't care, it's obvious. Um, and so as a manager, uh, as a leader, uh, you have to care about your team. And, and they'll be able to tell whether you do or not. So to, to switch this over now, the best leaders I've worked for are the ones that take total responsibility. Um, but as they do so, they also make sure that you're equipped to handle your responsibilities. And that means you also get autonomy. So they make sure you are, are good enough at what you do to be able to have that autonomy and then know that you have the freedom to mess up and it's okay. Um, that gives you the freedom to perform very, very well in your job. Um, and, and to add to that, leaders who encourage leaders who build up as opposed to that kind of culture of criticism. Um, and then finally, I'd add to that just leaders who care. Like, again, I, I can tell when my, my leader, my manager, whoever it is, really cares about me. And I can also tell very easily when they mm-hmm. don't. Um, so just, you know, anytime I've worked in an environment where that, that leader very obviously cared, not only about the mission, but also about the people, um, then that really inspires me to perform better as well. I, yes, I relate to a lot of that. And I actually, this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big proponent of, um, especially early in life, having a variety of different positions and just working in all kinds of different fields for different people, because you get exposed and and want to, to all types of different managers and obviously different, um, ideas. You learn a lot of different things, but kind of that contrast has been really helpful for me in identifying like, what does good leadership and management look like? What does bad leadership and poor management look like? Um, And there's been times where I've worked for somebody and I thought, oh, this guy is okay. Like he's an okay manager, but like in my eyes, like clearly he's not doing these things that I think he should be doing, right? It's easy to think that way. Um, And then, you know, three jobs later, you're like, that guy was amazing. Right. And so I think, you know, (laughs) and that's not because like my bar was lowered. It's because I understand how difficult it is to do what, you know, this manager did. Um, And so there's a, there's a lot of elements that, um, that I could, that, that are exactly the same for me. Um, you know, there's, there's a wide range. I've had managers that are, you know, straight up dishonest and manipulative. That's more of a moral issue than maybe a leadership or management. I mean, it clearly plays into leadership and management, but if you're talking about within the confines of, um, you know, people who, um, are generally whatever you will say, upstanding human beings. And then you're just talking about the effectiveness of their leadership and management. Um, it's very similar. Micromanagement is a big one. Um, or, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, leaders who pass the buck. Um, and for me, commitment is really big. Leaders who aren't willing to do what they're asking their team to do. That's a huge because to me, that's a sign of, of you know, it's like, well, you're asking me to do this thing, but you're not willing to do it. That seems ridiculous. And so it, it's very difficult to have um, trust in a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. And and once you kind of are in that position, a relationship with your manager could be 
difficult to, uh, to work with them. But one of the things that I love about extreme ownership and about what Jocko talks about is that it applies equally as well if you're working for somebody. If you're at the bottom of the totem pole, extreme ownership still applies um, because it's like when you work for a manager like that's like, OK, well, how can I take responsibility for the situation? And it's like maybe maybe your manager is is hypersensitive and a micromanager. And it's like, OK, well, how do I make sure that? Uh, my manager is happy and we actually still make progress towards our goal and that there's harmony within the team. Because, you know, as much as I can look at my leader and blame them for not doing those things, there's, and maybe I can't do as much about it as they might be able to do. I have less leverage. There's still something I can do about it. I can still try to make sure that, you know, um, that concerns are being heard um, and that I'm doing the best job that I can do. And that I'm making sure that my manager understands where I stand, but also without being disrespectful, you know, all of those, like all of that plays into um, extreme ownership. So that's uh, I think that's part of what makes it a great uh, foundation for training is because no matter where an Ascend team leader goes after this, they can apply those principles. Um, whoa, I just hit my microphone, but <laughs> um I'm curious, have you, have you ever been in a position where um, you didn't know what to do and extreme ownership helped? And I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, throwing this one out of the blue, but I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a good question, Ben. I would say yes. Um, and actually, I think it applies. Uh, my, my, my first thought was go to something, you know, that was a, a big experience or, or life shattering, you know, oh, something, something big happened and I need these principles. But actually, I think these these apply more in the everyday for me. Like, yes, absolutely. They make a big difference when there's big decisions to be made. But what actually stands out to me more is the little everyday and being being disciplined in in my own life and, you know, small things that no one else is ever going to see. But those are what are building the character in my life that are necessary for me to be a good leader. Um, so, so perhaps rather than you know some life changing example um, or or maybe big big example, I would say the actual life changing examples are the ones that are the small everyday application of those principles. Um, and big ones for me are just that the daily discipline in the small things. Um, that's that can be a challenge for anybody, um, but those daily disciplines in the small habits. That's what makes a difference in my life. So yes, absolutely. I've seen a difference. Uh, probably that discipline in the small things, be it exercising, be it eating healthy, be it, you know, starting work by six or whatever it is, you know, the, those small disciplines are the ones that are going to make a difference for me. Uh, and I'd probably argue for other people as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. I, um, one specific example comes to mind where I was um, in a startup environment and I had kind of done everything that I could to try to convince uh, management and um, the person in charge of our product that we needed to make some changes to our product in order to become more successful. And ultimately what happened from that is the, the product manager wasn't interested in making any changes and management wasn't going to push him on it. And it was kind of, I remember kind mm -hmm. of, like psychologically kind of being at this crossroads where it was like, well, I could just decide that like, clearly we're not going to solve this problem and I could not care. Right. I could just kind of like not really care about my job, maybe find something else or quit or just kind of like mail it in every day. Um, or I could just try to see, um, you know, what are things that I could do on my end to improve basically the marketing on what I consider to be a poor product. 
Um, and so I spent the next several months focusing on really dialing it in, doing everything I possibly could and actually made way more progress than I thought I would. And so for me, that was just a huge lesson in mm-hmm. is it, it, which is, again, it's kind of that it's that foundational idea behind extreme ownership, which is what do I have control over and how could I continue to contribute to the team as much as I can? You know, I can't change management. I'm not an authority, a position of authority to fire our product manager. Right. And so it's like, well, what can I do? It's like, I can, I can focus on making this as good as it possibly can be. Um, And the result was um, reaching a level of performance in sales and marketing that I didn't think was possible apart from changing the product, Um, which that made me a better marketer. It made me a more humble manager, made me a better team player. Right. And so there was just a multitude of lessons embedded into that. And, um, you know, this was after I'd read extreme ownership and I just kind of remember, you know, it was, it, it wasn't a WWJD, what would Jocko do? But it was, it was definitely a moment that was <laughs> informed by, um, hearing Jocko talk about those principles and thinking about extreme ownership and looking for applications. So, um, yeah, but wow, that's awesome. yeah. So I really appreciate this, Victoria. I think it was interesting. Um, I hope that our listeners found it interesting And um, once again, guys, if you're interested in going to Basecamp and learning more about mastering life skills, it's a life skills intensive. You can go to beyondbound.us slash Basecamp to learn more about what's going to be at the event. Um, You can see pricing and everything there. And also, if you know anybody who would be a good fit for our community, you can go to beyondbound.us slash refer to get your unique referral link. Uh, so that we can make sure to uh, to let you know if somebody that you refer enrolls, we'll make sure that you get your prize when you have your friend or family member um, apply with that link. So you can go to beunbound.us slash refer to find that. I really appreciate you guys listening and uh, we will catch you next time.